All right, welcome everyone to another episode of the Jake Dunlap Show. We are very excited that you joined us. If you haven't tuned in, this is the show where we talk to celebrities, thought, and industry leaders to really discover their journey to success. I am super excited that you're joining us. This show is like no other, I can promise you that. You might laugh, you might cry, but you will definitely leave inspired and gain a whole new level of insight into those people that you follow, love, and admire. All right, welcome everyone to another episode of The Jake Dunlap Show. I am, you know, I'm excited about today's today's guest in particular um, because, you know, you know, if you follow me on LinkedIn or, or YouTube or other places, you hear me talk about sales. Um, and in a lot of the podcast episodes, you know, we're talking about an individual's journeys, et cetera. So what's going to be fun about today is we get to talk about both. We get to talk about sales and we get to talk about where it's going from someone who's who's been in it for a long time. And so today's guest has been teaching entrepreneurs, leaders, and sales professionals how to communicate their value and accelerate referral business for over 30 years. Three zero. This guy's seen a lot of sales. All right. He's an award-winning author whose most popular book sold over a million copies, was translated into 30 languages, and created a worldwide movement. He's an advocate of the free enterprise system and believes that the amount of money one makes is directly proportional to how many people they serve, which I love that. Please join me in welcoming Mr. Bob Berg, who's been a coach to Fortune 500 executives. He's a Hall of Fame keynote speaker and best-selling author. Bob, we're excited to have you. Thank you, Jake. Great to be with you. All right. So let, let's let's start back. So how did you, if we go back to the, the beginning, you know, we were just talking a little bit before, first job out of college, uh, you were uh, a sportscaster, so that that was like that. I can relate to that. My first job out of, of college, I was actually in sales in sports because I was oh, like, how cool. I love sports, and I thought it would work out. Um, but then pretty quickly, you get into into sales. So maybe talk about kind of the early years, and you know, what was it that you know what got you into sales? What kept you out of you know the newscaster world? Yeah, well, I, so I, I I began as a, a sportscaster on a local radio station, got a job as a uh, as the early morning news guy in, on a um, very very small abc network affiliate out in the uh, midwestern part of the united states worked my way up to the late night news anchorship and so forth uh, the challenge was i just wasn't very good at it and <laughs> well somebody you worked your way up i mean yeah. uh, i i think it was more just kind of it just kind of what happened it wasn't uh, <laughs> not not real good and uh so i i began to sell uh, advertisement uh, advertising uh, television advertising uh, as a way of just making some extra money because i could tell i was not going to be in in broadcasting very long and and uh i you know i enjoyed it but i found out i wasn't very good at that either and i and the reason <laughs> there was really because i had no no formal sales experience and the company where i was working apparently didn't either because there was none and so i was out on my own so i floundered for the first few months and then one day i'm in a, a bookstore and i'm not sure what i was looking for because i didn't even know there was such a thing as sales books i mean i know that sounds crazy now but this is 40 years ago and that wasn't as prevalent as it is as it is now and i came across two books one was by zig ziglar and the of other course. was by tom hopkins two of our iconic uh you know sales teachers and, and and so forth and i got the books and uh, i'll say this I, I didn't read them i devour them 
I would come home every night after work and until the wee hours of the morning, I'd be reading and highlighting and underlining and note-taking and practicing and rehearsing. And, and within a few weeks, my sales began to go through the roof. Now, there was really nothing significantly different about me from three weeks earlier, other than that I now had a methodology. I now had a way of doing something that was proven to work. Uh, a system, if you will. Yep. And to this day, I personally define a system as the process of predictably achieving a goal based on a logical and specific set of how-to principles. The key being predictability. If it's been proven that by doing A, you'll get the desired results of B, then you know all you need to do is A and continue to do A and continue to do A, and eventually you'll get the desired results of B. Well, this was just a breakthrough for me. Yeah. I mean, I had had no idea. And But the nicest thing, the best thing, was that in studying sales, I was directed to all these great personal development materials. Yeah. So I started getting all the books, the classics, the how to win friends and influence people and the magic of thinking big and, and think and grow rich and as a man thinketh and uh, psycho-cybernetics and the richest man in Babylon and Ogmandino's books. And wow, it was great. And what I'm realizing is that success is an inside job, right? It manifests itself outwardly, but we have to grow on the inside through the information we put into our head. So I got every book I could get my hand on, every uh, it, this takes takes us back, of course, but a but all the cassette tape albums uh, I could get from Earl Nightingale to everybody, you know, and I just studied and learned and applied, and, and my sales really went well. Uh, a number of years later, I was sales manager of a you know for a different company and began to do began to teach people things that were working for me and for my sales team, and kind of eventually morphed into a uh, a speaking career. What got what what motivated you for the first book? So going back to the the you know book about round referrals, which I feel like today is like a, a, a completely lost or forgotten component of this uh, of sales, where it's you know so many companies that we talk to are just you know um, because they're so rigid in their territory development that uh, this idea of referrals I feel like is something that you know when the top you know, top A players do it, they're very successful. Um, and so what was it that sparked that to be kind of the first first sales book um, around referrals? Well, the reason I wrote it was just because um, I, you know, I was at a National Speakers Association meeting. I'd been in, in, I'd been speaking for a few years. I had gotten to the point of some some success in the in the speaking business. And I was I was speaking with a couple of uh, more veteran speakers, and they just said, you know, Berg, it's really time for you to write your book. Um, I had had my own cassette tape albums. Out yeah, there. there we go. I remember. I remember those. I had yeah. I had some of those. I think I had some like Brian Tracy. Oh yeah, like yeah. Uh, cassette. And of course, he's a he's amazing. And uh, and they said, you know, you really need to write your book. I said, well, I'm not really sure. I, you know, and they said, well, here's the thing. You know, it's you're gonna. You're going to position yourself as an expert. You're going to be a lot more credible. It's going to be easier to get bookings. You're going to make a lot more money. It's going to, you know, and they gave me a list of benefits. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, that makes sense. So I did it. So that first book that I wrote was totally for utilitarian reasons. It was just because it was what I needed to do in my next step for success as a speaker. I think every book I've written after that was because I felt I had something to say that You're I right. wanted to share and that I could get out there easier to more people through a book. 
But there's no question that book did everything that they said that it was going to do. And I used it as an outgoing. It was a proactive marketing tool. I didn't I didn't receive a lot of calls from companies saying, hey, Berg, you know, you know we all read your book. Can you come <laughs> right. Use it as, an, as an outbound marketing tool. Now, with Go The Go-Giver, it's different. Since that book, and I think because it's a story, it has more of an emotional appeal, thanks to the great, great writing of John David Mann, my co-author, we do get a lot of calls for that. But but back then, with endless referrals, that was that was an outbound marketing tool right. that, that worked very well. Yeah, that's great. And what were what just so for people for salespeople listening, what do you think what was a big takeaway from that book? If you can give well, us like the quick Well, what it was really about, Jake, was it, it was written for the entrepreneur or salesperson who knew they had a fantastic product or service. They knew it brought wonderful value to those who would use it, but they didn't necessarily feel confident or comfortable going out into their local communities and building those relationships with people that would cause people to want to do business with them and or refer them to others. So it was really a how-to system. Uh, the basic premise was that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. And I provided the system for being able to do that in a very comfortable, confidence-building way, both for the salesperson and for their prospective customers, clients, and referral sources. Well, I think it's it's very timely now. I think lots of people are looking for systems that are similar to that. So if you're, we'll, we'll drop a link for people, they can go check it out. Obviously, it gets, you know, you, you get, there's a lot more, you know, uh, new things that you've been working on too that are exciting. Um, so we'll drop some of those links as well. For So so then we get, I mean, as we obviously get to the go-giver. You know, where did the idea for that come from? You know, which obviously was, you know, a huge hit. HubSpot, I think, even rated it as their, like, you know, top, like one of the most highly rated sales books of all times. So where, where did the idea for this concept of the, the go-giver come from? Well, with, with Endless Referrals, it was a how-to book. And I'd always thought, you know, when, and, I, and I'd always read parables since I'd gotten in sales. I loved reading parables, whether they were the long-form ones, such as Ogmandino's, or, or whether they were the, what are more traditional ones, such as The Richest Man in Babylon, or and so forth. Um, and then uh, doctors, Ken, uh, Ken Blanchard and Spencer Johnson had the one minute series, one yep. minute manager, one minute salesperson, one minute apology, one. And I just always loved reading parables. I always just thought they were great reads. I think stories connect on a, a much Absolutely. level than a, a how to book does. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if we could take the basic premise, the no like and trust of endless referrals and turn it into a, a parable. And I thought about that for a number of years. And in, in coming up with a title, I just thought, well, you know, what is the, the essence of that salesperson who can very both quickly and sustainably create those no like, and trust relationships? And it comes down to the fact that they're givers. They're always looking to give value to others, to, to make other people's lives better. They place their focus on what they can give, what they can bring to others. And so coming up with the title, you know, The Go-Giver, I mean, that's pretty pretty natural. But you know, the best thing I, I did for the book was to ask John David Mann, who was the editor-in-chief of a magazine I was writing uh, monthly articles for at the time. I asked him to be the co-author and the lead writer, storyteller, because he's a great writer. <laughs> you know, I'm a how-to guy. I'm step one, step two, step three. Right. It probably takes two minutes before you know that about me. And uh, but John's a masterful storyteller, so I asked him if he would uh, if he would do that with me. And fortunately, he agreed to. So that's that's how that one came out. 
And then what, you know, again, as you're get, getting into it, like, is there a point where you know, like, okay, like, this, this is good, right? Or like, this is going to be like interesting or, or an opportunity to really leave a mark on sales? Or is it not until afterwards? It's a great question. I thought there'd be a market for it. I thought the timing was right for it, that the message was right and, and so forth. Uh, I, I think I started getting encouraged when the first response, not first responders, the first um, adopters of the book, and, and I know this just because of the emails that John and I would both receive, the first adopters were the people who didn't need it. These were the people who were top leaders, huge producers, big CEOs, people who had built these, you know, magnificent companies and so forth and said, this is how I did it. What you and John wrote, this is how I did it. But no one believes me. Right. Because, you know, everybody, what do we see on, on TV and the movies and everything? Oh, the salesperson or the business person who makes it big, they did it on the backs of others or by being, you know, good and all that. Not that there's not people who don't do bad things, but that those are the ones that get the press. I mean, that you know, who get the uh, coverage. So they said, this is what I did. And so what they started doing was they were buying them for their, the people in their companies. And they were talking up the book. And then our, our second wave of adopters were the people who heard about it from someone else. When I heard that, I knew we had a winner. Yeah. And what do you mean... <laughs> And at that, at that at this point, are you again? As you you've done the books before, as a you know again, in in an entrance, right, to help with the speaking and other things you were doing. Is this also like? Is this the point where you realize that I'm going to continue? Like being an author is going to be a thing. You know, like does that does this book kind of set you on that path as well? Uh, I mean, I, I still kind of think of myself as a speaker who writes, as opposed <laughs> to a writer that speaks. You know, right. Uh, because I'm, I'm much better at the speaking part than I am at the writing part. You know, I, I don't like writing books. I like having written books. <laughs> I think every author feels that way to some yeah. extent. Well, a lot of them do. But, but then you, you got ones like John who just love the writing process so much. I mean, they that's just they're in their wheelhouse when they when they do that. You know, with me, I, uh, other than the Go-Giver series that uh, I co-authored with John. And again, John was really the lead writer. Uh, all my other books before and since have been how-to books. Yeah. Uh, and to me, it's kind of painstaking, uh, you know, that you, you write it, you, that, you know, you rewrite it, you, or, you know, you go through and edit everything, and then you have to go through it again and again. And I'm so sick and tired of the whole thing, but <laughs> it gets there. But, but I'm, I'm glad when it's done. And then I say I'm never writing another one in my life, and then I start working on the next one. <laughs> then you're like, okay, I've got an idea. <laughs> I get that. I get that. So let's talk. Let's 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 fast forward just a little bit. Let's talk about um, adversaries into allies, um, and you know, let's talk a little bit about that one in particular, like the topic of influence, right? Which is mm -hmm. you know, a, that's a lot of what this is about, which is sure. influence. Um, you know, with that book, and then also that same year, you started the um, the Go Giver Success Alliance as well, too. So, what was you know? Let's talk a little bit about the book, and you know, some of the the spark there, or what was it was exciting about that topic, and then um, starting the Go Giver Alliance as well, which I think is a really amazing concept, and we'll link to that too for those of you who don't know about it. Thank you. Well, Adversaries and Allies is really the book I feel I was put on earth to write. Uh, it's about, it, it comes down to being about people skills and influence is a huge part of people skills. People skills is a huge part of influence. Now, I think the, the, the term influence 
sort of is so used and overused mm-hmm. today. And now it has as many definitions as there are people talking about it. So, so if we look at what influence really is just on a very basic level, on a surface level, we can define influence as simply the ability to move a person or persons to a desired action, uh, usually within the context of a specific goal. That's the definition, but I don't believe it's the essence of influence. The essence of influence is pull. Pull as opposed to push, as in the old saying, how far can you push a rope? And the answer is not, not very, at least not very fast or very effectively, which is why great influencers, or who we call genuine influencers, don't push. They don't push their ideas and others. They don't push themselves and others. They don't, they're not push right? You never hear people say, wow, that Tom or that Diane, she is just so influential. She has a lot of push with people. Mm -hmm. She's influential. She has a lot of pull with people. And that's really what influence is. It's an attraction. Great people, great influencers attract people. They pull people first to themselves and only then to their ideas. Now, the question then is, well, how, is, how does this pull manifest? And, and I think the, the great influencer, the effective influencer, the genuine influencer, I think they understand on a, a really on a heart level what I believe was Dale Carnegie's underlying premise in his classic How to Win Friends and Influence People. And this is where he wrote that ultimately people do things for their reasons, not our reasons. So the genuine influencer is always asking themselves questions to make sure they're, that their focus is correct. Uh, see, I believe we need to be internally motivated, but outwardly focused. And so, so questions such as, how does what I'm asking this person to do, how does, it, how does it align with their goals, with their needs, with their wants, with their desires? How does, how does what I want this other person to do how does it align with their values? What problems am I helping them to solve or overcome? How am I helping them move closer toward happiness? And I think when we ask ourselves these questions, Jake, thoughtfully, intelligently, um, genuinely, authentically, not, not as a way to manipulate another human being into doing our will, but as a way of building everyone in the process. Now we've come a lot closer to earning that person's commitment as opposed to trying to depend on some type of compliance. And that's where influence really begins. Now, you know, genuine influence, I take it a step further, and that is just to say that it's it's the ability to attain the results you want when dealing with others while making them feel genuinely good about themselves, about the situation, and about you. I think I'm going to, I've just started like, I jotted down, I jotted down some notes because I feel like, and before, because I definitely want to make sure we've got some time in the, the final few minutes to talk about the Alliance. Cause I think it's a, it's, I think a lot of people will be interested. Um, I feel like this part of sales, Bob, is what is not being taught as much anymore. Meaning what I feel like now and you know especially in like the tech world which you know a lot of our clients are in that world i feel like we've you know we, we've almost regressed to where we've made it about qualification and if this person's not qualified you know then they're not talking to someone it's like well 
nobody's heard of what you do. So like nobody's technically going to have all of these boxes checked. And, 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 you know, what do you, what do you say to that? You know, do you, do you sense that or, or like, what do you see as being kind of the, the remedy there for teams or organizations that have kind of went too far to where, again, it's not about that, you know, understanding the, their problems, how can I help? And everyone, I feel like everyone talks about consultative selling, et cetera, but that's just not what I see in practice. So, so, you know, do you see that or, or, or how are you, you know, when you talk to organizations and work with, with individuals, how are you combating that, you know, kind of call it qualification mindset? Well, I think human nature is, is such that, you know, people are self-interested and, my my suggestion is always don't deny your self-interest because that's denying human nature and that's never sustainable <laughs> all right so don't deny your self-interest but but be willing to temporarily suspend it put it to the side you know understand that nobody nobody is going to do business with you nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet Right, they're not going to buy from you yeah. because you need the money, and they're not even going to buy from you because you're a really nice human being. They're going to buy from you because they believe they will be better off by doing so than by not doing so. And when you think about it, that's the only reason why anybody should buy from you or from me or from anyone else. So we need to ask the question, you know, if we're doing what you, you know, what you're calling, let's say, qualification or trying to, you know, is that, is that something that is going to to move you closer to that person feeling as though they know you, they like you, they trust you? Do they believe you have their well-being at heart? You know, do they believe that they are ultimately better off by doing business with you? So I think we always have to, you know, we always have to keep that in mind. Obviously, depending upon the type of sales you're in, and, and you can't be everyone to everybody, and qualification might be, well, hey, not everybody is my my client, not everybody yeah. should be, you know, because but to the degree that you know that 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 it's that's that it's always human to human that's doing the selling right uh, you know all things being equal people do not do business with and refer business to those computers they know like and trust it's the people so you've got to be willing to reach out and place your focus on them you know when we know that great salesmanship is not about the salesperson <laughs> yeah it's an important part but it's not about the sale you know isn't about the sales it's not about the product or service as important as, as those are it's always about the other person it's about that person whose life you're trying to add value to really when you think about it jake it's about that person's life being better just because you are part of it and i think when we approach sales from that premise and i know you do and you know that yep. then i think we're you know we're nine steps ahead of the game uh in a 10-step game yeah, and like you said, it's, you know, it's about being able, you know, you can have your troubles. I like that, like suspend, um, you suspend those motivations. And I think yeah. that's something I, I very specifically remember some of those moments in when I was young, you know, early in sales, maybe 25, 26 of, you know, being able to do that. It's almost like get, I get myopic on the conversation. And it's part of the reason, you know, whenever I talk to people about, um, you know, people, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to script, we want people to sound robotic. And, and what, what I found was that, the script, like, or even, you know, the outline, it allowed me to be focused on the co the quality of the conversation because right. it wasn't, my mind wasn't, what's the next question I'm going to ask? And well, that's, that's very important. You know, overreacting to certain things. And I feel like, you know, as we, as we get away, like you talked about systems and these processes, like, 
the funny part is the systems when you have a process in place it's freeing it, ah, ah, you know ah, exactly. that's how i feel the, here's here's the key and this is what you and i both know and i know many of your viewers and listeners do too a system is great so long as you are the master of the system and the system is your servant it's when the system becomes the master and we become the servant that things get all out of whack mm -hmm. right the system's there for us and for our our customers it's not there to control us we're there to utilize it in order to as you said you know uh um have have such in place that it actually frees us up to be able to focus 100% on bringing immense value to that other person. Yeah, and that's it. And I think that that's, that's where I feel like a lot of companies are going a little bit south, which is as, and, and maybe again, we're trying to almost, almost oversimplify certain things, which is, you know, especially as people come to companies now with more, more information than they did whenever I got into sales, sure, right? Like sure. they didn't have any, I had, they, you know, they had to come to me to some extent. Um, you know, the, the thought that, you know, you're going to qualify someone or not add value and that the first conversation is like, what's in it for me, uh, which is really what we're talking about is, is a right. very not time appropriate. It actually was never appropriate, but you know, I feel like more and more companies that, that can't master what we're talking about companies that can't master the idea of, okay, let me meet this person with where they're at versus mm -hmm. like, like you said, rigid in the system. Like I have to meet everyone here. No. Ask the question, understand. Okay, you're here. Okay, well, let's go on that journey. Oh, you're here. Okay, let's start here. And I just feel like we're, we're forgetting, you know, that that component of it. Um, so as we as we kind of wrap up, I want to talk a little bit about what you've been up to now for the last, you know, seven, eight years or so with the Alliance. Um, and what was it for you that, you know, again, this is in just a, you know, for those of you who don't know, um, it is uh, a group membership program, right? And it gives people access to you, your things that you've done. Uh, you've got a mix of teaching, training, et cetera, that I think a lot of people could, could benefit from. So what was it that, you know, got you to, got you in that mindset to, to that, to be the next chapter, and then maybe talk about what you're most excited about as we, you know, what's new and exciting for you as you look forward? Yeah, the Go-Giver Success Alliance is really, it's an online membership. We, we call it a, a mentorship community. And the reason why is because I'm not really the mentor. I'm kind of more just the host in a, in a sense. But it's really, we have so many successful people on this thing that we all mentor each other. So there's a whole lot of, of uh, learning together, a whole lot of strategizing together, a whole lot of collaborating together, and basically just building very deep relationships. So we've got people from all over. And while we, we meet on a live Zoom call on, on Wednesdays, uh, there's also all sorts of different um, resources during the week that we all, so as long as someone has a smartphone there, connected with us all the time it's just it's really a lot of fun so i think that's what i enjoy most about it more than anything else uh you just get to be with cool people all the time so uh, and you know from the from the comfort of my home which i really like more than anything else so that's that's really all it's about though it's not not particularly complicated but a lot of a lot of growth a lot of helping in sales and a lot of a uh, lot of fun Love it. So go check it out. Like I said, we'll link to it in the notes as well. And then what's new? So what's exciting for you? What did you look forward? We're almost into 2022 now. Like what, what has you excited, whether it's about sales or something you're working on? Uh, Kathy Tajano, my, my awesome business partner, she and I are just having fun 
continuing to grow all the different uh, parts of the business. We also have a certified go-giver speaker program where people from all over the world license our materials to teach and speak on and so forth. So, uh, And we have a, a Go-Giver Entrepreneurs Academy that we do, uh, well, I'll say twice a year. I think it's going to be three times next year. Um, but it's really cool because we limit it to eight people and they come to Jupiter, Florida, where I live. So I get to <laughs> own room, you know. But uh, my own house that uh, that instead of being in a hotel, but uh, but those are fun. So you know what I'm excited about is just continuing to have fun in the business. I'm 63 years old, and really, once it stops being fun, I won't be doing it. But I don't see that happening. <laughs> I don't see it either, man. <laughs> well, look, I think I think for hopefully those of you who, who didn't know Bob, this is a good warm up. Um, the books that he's written, and we even skipped over a few. Um, I think are again, like, like you mentioned, I, I love both. I love the tactical. I also love the parables too. Um, who have I, Peter Lincoln. I don't know if, if anyone's oh, read. He's great. Uh, yeah. Lincoln. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He, yeah, he, he's <laughs> he, he made meetings like talking uh, about meetings, like less yeah. boring. Other people who've written great parables, uh, John Gordon has a bunch of them. The energy bus, uh, the no complaining rule. He's got probably 20 parables out there. Uh, Chris Widener, uh, Andrea Waltz wrote a great book with her husband, Richard Fenton, called Go For No, which is about how... Oh, uh, I've read that, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, you know, there's, there's some great, and they teach wonderful lessons. I, I just love reading them. I love it. Well, look, I think I think anyone would enjoy even I mean, like even your non your non parable books, I think, are still written in a way that are it's approachable uh, and not non non not overly formulaic. So, Bob, I appreciate it. We're going to link to all the books and, and the alliance and the, the show notes, too. And I uh, really appreciate you joining us. I think people hopefully, you know, I think we talked a little bit about, you know, some mindset shifts for some people just even in, in think about it. We're talking about sales, but this applies to any job, you know, any, any, so many of the skills yeah. of sales are applicable if you're an accountant or if you're in HR, you know, these abilities, we all interact with other people. And, you know, so a lot of the go giver, I think is a book in particular that I think, I think anyone can, can take, have a big takeaway from. Thank you. I appreciate that. Awesome. All right. Well, Bob, thank you. And thank you everyone for tuning in to another episode of the Jake Dunlap show. And we will see you next week. All right. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to another extremely fun and interesting episode. I thought it was fun and interesting, so I hope you did too, of the Jake Dunlap Show. Uh, really great just breaking down everything that makes people who they are, the success, the trials and errors, and I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I did. Make sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and make sure more than anything to go over to jakedunlap.com. That's where you're going to stay up to date on all the latest guests, additional details, prep notes. We're going to be sharing everything on jakedunlap.com. So go ahead, go over there. You can subscribe there as well too. And we will see you next week on the Jake Dunlap Show.